Appreciate you all for listening. Just wanted to give you a heads up that we had some video and audio challenges in these recordings. Give us a little grace. We're going to get it right for you, but hang in there. There's still some quality information and inspiring information for you to move closer into your financial flow. Thanks. We love the power and grace of athletes, artists, CEOs, and high achievers with their zest and grit. But have you ever wondered how they cut through all the distractions, harness their energy, and get them to flow to achieve their goals? And what do they do with the money that comes their way? I'm Darren Wright, author of Peak Financial Fitness. Join me on a fascinating journey to gain a peek into the intersection of high-performing people and everyday financial life. There will be highs and lows and inspiring stories for you to achieve your goals. So I landed while with the Borders Bookstore. I was in UCLA Law School at the time. And I went and picked up his book and I started going to yoga with Bikram. I got like addicted to yoga. And I really, I was basically watching Yoga Boom in LA and I'd see it in New York. But I would come to Arizona on vacations and stay at the Arizona Belmar. And I'd go to try to file a yoga studio and it didn't exist. It was like the best yoga studio in the basement of like a Motel 6. And it was just like, you would never go there. Or I didn't. It was. It was just not a place you want to, you know, be. So I ended up writing a business plan on for yoga studios when I was at UCLA, and you know, I worked briefly as an entertainment lawyer in LA. But at the same time, when I was studying for the bar, I raised some money and I opened our first yoga studio in Arizona. And little did I realize I was in the weird day I was on to actually be teaching yoga. I just thought yoga was great. And, um, so I moved out to Arizona in 2000 and we, you know, basically started our yoga studios and I was teaching yoga all over the world to hip hop rap music. It was really interesting because no one else was doing it, but I had a lot of job security and that no one's going to fire me because it was sort of my own business. We kind of play around with it. And you know, one time after class, a friend of mine was like, you're like a gangster, a spiritual gangster. We started making t-shirts and we sold them in the yoga studio. Um, about 13 years ago, we sold the yoga business to Lifetime Fitness. And spiritual gangster really was like the evolution of of all the stuff we learned at the yoga studio on collective energy, positivity, feeling good. And we also created, we were like the first people who created a retail boutique connected to the yoga studio. So it was like a, a way to take spiritual dance. I really mean, tell people it's a movement disguised as a clothing company, but really to take that and share it globally versus just kind of sharing something in, in, in local in Phoenix. Very cool. And so do you still own spiritual uh, gangster deal ownership in that, or was that part of the... Well, so, you know, Vanessa and I own spiritual gangster. We have some other friends and family we're partners now. But yeah, we sold, you know, the Lifetime Fitness deal was great because, you know, I'm Jewish, but Alan really turned 13 and I was able to kind of do a deal and and uh, once it kind of grew up. And, but we were able, we had Spiritual Gangster kind of right in front of us. And after we sold the, the yoga studio, you know, for, for like a year and a half, it was kind of, we had just had our first son and I was traveling on, I did a lot of bucket list stuff like Michael Jordan fantasy camp and golf camp and learned to surf and, and did a lot of skiing. And then spiritual dancer was kind of like more of an expensive hobby. Like we were making the clothes, our kids were tagging it. Vanessa was doing all the design, but it, it, after a little bit, it was like one of those things that we were just like, okay, you know, we're business here. So it, it, it transformed from sort of a passion side project into, you know, a real business. That's amazing. And, and you, how was it like working with your wife through all this? It's great. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs and, you know, there's times we've been super aligned and there's times we got disconnected, but it's, it's been amazing. And we have, I've, I think we've both grown a lot through it and out of it. And I mean, business has there's so many lessons you learn in business. And I think they get accelerated even more when you're working with your partner or spouse or someone like that. Yeah. So like, give us an example. Just, you know, those, as our business has grown, we went from very hands-on to doing everything to kind of getting our hands off. And we let people in our business who some of them were helpful and other was when we kind of got going on the wrong track. So just really getting aligned and making sure that we 
keep the source of the brand. Like we got disconnected and it was hard, you know, it was a, a challenging a thing for us. But, you know, now it's been great because we're reconnecting with the brand and bringing the energy back and getting the line and getting the whole team aligned. But um, there's just been a lot of things along the way of like, you know, and she, she in the business for so long designing and building her website and doing a lot of that stuff. So, um, you know, sometimes there could be extra stress and it's just, that's a lot. And then also too, sometimes it's like you have to make time for relationship and then the kids and then work versus just kind of all flowing together. And sometimes work can dominate the conversation, which isn't always the best thing. Yeah, for sure. And you, the, what I read was the brand, the goal of the brand was to make the customers feel good about what they wear and what they stand for. And, and then a focus on different ways to be of service intentionally to create a product that motivates your community to spread love, kindness, and use energy and enthusiasm to open the doors to your own opportunity. That's uh, a pretty big mission. Is that is that changed at all? Is that still the kind of that the idea behind that? Yeah, I mean the idea was to one mode product that make people feel great about wearing and comfortable and this high vibration and frequency to it. And, you know, it's almost like I joke, it's superhero clothes for adults. Some people are like, Oh, when I wear this, it's like, you know, I have my best workout or I was dealing with cancer and this was a shirt I wore every day to deal with chemo. So those kind of things are aspirational and inspiring. Um, but I think spiritual gangsters also more than just clothing. I think right now we kind of like, that's where we started. But I think it, it, it applies to so many things and it's sort of a way of looking at life and about, you know, it's kind of, you know, lifestyle is a little cliche or like leaving your best life, but it's about like being tuned in, being aligned, like noticing serendipity and syn- synchronicity and coincidence. And, and also too, a big part about spiritual gangsters education, sharing things that, that help people have their life, you know, be more rich or more abundant whether it's yoga or Tai Chi or meditation or things like astrology or travel. I think that's a big part of, you know, what, it, what's behind a spiritual gangster of like, what are the things we can do to be of higher frequency? I'm, you know, I'm a big, you know, I love to cold plunge every day, do the sauna. We do a lot of different breathing, we do, but how do we, you know, share sort of different ways for people to find flow, to feel tuned in and, and aligned. And I think that's the goal of spiritual gangster of, not only providing them clothes that make them feel aligned and, and represent who they are and what they stand for, but also at the same time kind of dripping in in, in, a, in an easy way for people to get started and, and get access to new things. So so that that's a lot, and that's very, very ambitious and, and inspiring. Frankly, what is it, what, what's important about that to you? Well, I, I, well, everything. I mean, I'm a big believer, like, I love to share, and really, I love to teach, and I love to help people live better lives, like to have, you know, great experiences and everything they do, to be in flow always. So if we can help people that feel better about themselves, learn things to take better care about themselves, and then spread positivity, it's contagious. It was like a game for good. So the whole thing's important for me, but really the energy behind it. It's not so much about a commodity, it's an energy. And the energy behind what Spiritual Gangster stands for is really what, what's the most important for me. A game for good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting to me because um, I have my own little game for good kind of uh, belief as well around finance. You know, um, so oftentimes, it's uh, really people are focusing on the analytical side of things. Um, you know, they got a goal. They need to save a certain amount of money to get to that goal, and et cetera. And then they kind of brain off and go about something else. Um, they were not necessarily thinking about the creative side with that. And um, so when it comes to the analytical side with you being a trained attorney, uh, UCLA, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, my daughter's and you should have to get out of brewing in the family. Yeah, yeah. I never thought I, I would be, but yeah, go brew. Um, so, you know, much of being an attorney is analytical. There's some creativity as well. But um, 
how did you make that shift from that analytical side, being an attorney, you know, a trained attorney, went to law school, and then um, it, it, from my from my notes, I found out that you kind of struggled early on, and then you finished at the top of your class. But but then, how did you transition from that analytical side to being such a really, in my mind, extremely creative, flowery individual? I mean, I don't know if I, I mean, I think I was, law school is great to think logically and give a framework for that. I've always been creative. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of what law school taught me is that I could do my own way and do really well. Like I found I was failing out of law school and ended up, you know, finishing close to the top of my class. And and it was just one of those things like, really like, okay, great. I could kind of do it my own way and be successful or even more successful. So it gave me some confidence. And I think it, it like what of applying myself. Um, and I think, you know, yoga is a, a really interesting thing. Yoga opens you up. Like I, you know, yoga is sort of like a gateway drum to spirituality. So it's was a thing that got me open to so many more things that have been right around me always. So it, it cleanses your lenses of perception. And I think, you know, Tony Robbins, who we're both fans of the world, says, get in your head, you're dead. And I think the problem with most people who are smart is they're operating too much in their head and all their other senses are shut down. So you live on your five senses. You, have, you, can, you can tune in to so much more around you at all times. And I think, you know, the yoga for me sort of allowed me to have more sensors open, to have way more perception and to start to recognize signs and synchronicity and serendipity. And as I did that, I realized like what, you know, life's happening for me. That's why I always, you know, I'm a big believer of that. It's, and once you get the lesson, you get the reward. So it's like, how do I tune into really what's going on and how do I open up and be more present, but have my sensors more open so I'm in the moment and I can realize what's here for me, you know? And I think that's what flow state is about. Like, you know, we, you know, I had a great, you know, I was just in Mexico and I read your book and it was, it was great. I mean, you being a, I, I mean, I'd love to talk about your Iron Man and that whole story. And, but just the idea of doing more than you can even realize was possible. And then also having like a purpose or a higher purpose of why that sort of powers you to, to get there and sort of like the fuel to, you know, you're not sure what's going to fuel you. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that happen to get you in flow state um, in, in all different areas, right? And I think, it, like, but it comes back to me is like, are you tuned in? Are you present? Are you aligned? So is, are you able to, you know, it's tough to be in flow state if you got a, you're out of alignment, you know, just in any way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, so, you know, for me, my, you know, a lot of my yoga would give a flow state while I'm free, but I love to do a lot of hella skiing and backcountry skiing where you're tuned into all the elements, you're, you know, surfing. I'm not a great surfer, but I love to surf. We play golf together. And there's times that you can really, you know, be out in nature, be tuned in, have your, all your senses turned on. And it's fun. So there's like an endorsement rush. So it's like, it's not work, right? There's like this absolute joy to play and i think too whether it's business or golf it's like life's about play and you get real good at your skills by playing that's how you access flow state like that's why like all the analogies in your book about competition athletics are because when you're playing you kind of you get to see you know what you're made of or, or how to get the most out of it and you know that's really present in professional sports you know you see people whether it's Kobe, you know, I just was spending some time with a friend of mine who uh, created Kobe Shoe at Nike, and now he's like a Zen meditation teacher and, uh, you know, trained with George Monfort. But the idea of like, you know, you can, these are skills you can learn so that it becomes easier to access flow state, right? I mean, yes, it can happen by accident, but there's also ways that it can happen intentionally. And if you line up all the pieces, you know, my life is pretty much in flow state. Wherever I go, it's like things open. Like it's like a couple of things that I realized, like I always just say people are like, oh my God, this is, something happens so incredible. People say, oh, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Like, like that makes no sense. Like why do I happen is better than you think? Is it, is it unbelievable? I say it's totally unbelievable. Imagine. And I used to say, oh, of course. And now instead of saying unbelievable, it's like, of course it works that way. And I've been 
told me the other day, which I think is even better, he said, of course, thank you, source. So there's, you, 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 the more gratitude you have for the moment, the more what you want will co- continue to flow to you. You know, so that's what I'm a big believer. I'm also a big believer you want to share what you love. So like you love financial literacy and helping people get their, and now you're sharing this with all these other people because like, most, how do you share your gifts? Like, how do you take what you know, you know, we're in an age where we're over 50 and it's like, it takes a while to kind of accumulate this wisdom in this lifetime. And how do you take what you learn and then give it to people in a way that they can give it? It's that, and they can understand it and make it practical. You know, I always tell people, it's like, no one gives a shit what you know. They care about what you do. And I think there's a lot of information that, you know, you're wanting to get across to people. And some people like, I know. Some people like, I don't know. But there's a whole whole other level between knowing and doing. And I think that's the key, the real thing to connect with, especially when you're getting into, like, getting people's finances in order. It's like, how do you get them to do it? And even if they know part of it, like we were talking earlier, like, you know, super complicated subject matter. Even, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm fairly well educated, and it's still giving 80% of the way there is like a, a challenge, but it's the last 20% where all your blind spots are. So it's like, how do you get in a place where you have action with great guides? You know, it's like when you go house skiing, you have a great guide. You go on a trail, you have a great, you want, you want people who know the trail where you're going, right? And who successfully navigated it and can bring you home safely. Yeah, well said. There's a, a visual that I, I've seen and that I've shared with people that it's a Google it up and, and just Google Little Yellow House Galveston Hurricane. And uh, it's a cute white and yellow house sitting perfectly um, and in a sea of demolished homes around their neighborhood. Like every other home is completely wiped out, but this cute little yellow white house is sitting there just unscathed. And um, everybody else, so when I'm talking to people about, well, what does that 80% that you just talked about look like? You know, getting your finances 80%. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I have a shit ton of money. Um, I just sold my business, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm probably 80% or maybe 8 out of 10. Um, that's what that all, all these other people look like. They were all 80%. They're all 8 out of 10. But that guy felt compelled to be a 10 out of 10. And it's really hard to get to a 10 out of 10 on your own or even with a team. But... That is really, so the question oftentimes I like to, to ask someone is, do you want to be part of the financially successful that, that have their financial house put together perfectly or the part that is financially successful that doesn't because there are consequences? And sometimes there's not even awareness. Well, what's a 10 look like? You know, I never thought about that. It's like uh, the three little pigs. You got the straw house, the wood house, and the brick house. You know, most people live in like a, a, a wooden house. You know, what's a brick house feel like? And then when you are in a brick house, what does that feel like? I mean, what does that allow you to do for all the other more important things out there in your life? You know, all the non-delegatable things. Can you, does that free up time and energy to focus on all those other things? You know, your health, personal relationships, all those types of things. So uh, you talked a little bit about that when putting spiritual gangster together and the team of people, you know, you've got investors, friends, family, but you also have a team. And so it's, it's, uh, it's like that. When you start a company and you then bring people on board and you hire a CEO and, and other people to help you so that you can further the mission. So I'm going to bring you back to that a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your success in business and how you put together a team and then how you and Vanessa still keep the mission going, but there you have these people that are subject matter experts that you've plugged in to deliver, and then what have been the results by by doing that, you know, divisional labor, delegation, and then what you're able to do is the, is the creative uh, part of that well, team. You know, a lot of it comes back to alignment. And I think there's been times where this has been really aligning. It's worked well. We've had leaders and workers in the business who were totally aligned with us. And we've also been the other way where we've got people between us and even been pushed out of our own business before. That was completely out of alignment. And, you know, the business almost failed, right? It was like not only unhealthy, but it was toxic. And now we have a whole new team and we're getting aligned. And, and now we're doing exactly what we talked about. Like, how can we carry the vision? install the why 
and then get everyone to realize we're all working and rowing together. But I mean, look, I've learned more about that and, you know, letting the wrong people come in and then abdicating it. You know, it can get complicated. You got good intentions and you can complicate things by bringing in other people. Yeah, for sure. You can. Uh, that alignment is key. So what have you done to try and make sure that you, Vanessa, and the team is aligned for the, for the prime directive? One, getting on the same page and getting clear about what we're doing, but two, getting back control of our own business, right? Getting out of the room, getting a lot of hands out of the pot, which were kind of like uh, muddying the waters or, you know, like uh, Indy, just making dis disturbances in the force. So I think a lot of it for us is getting it back clear and connecting it to a source and it's why and why we're doing it. Because spiritual gangster got lost for a while, and it was it was more about product, or and it got disconnected from Vanessa and I and our source, and that was father. That was one of the hardest things ever in business, and then having to take the steps to get it back and rearrange it, and and because it it, it stands for something that's so big and has, this, but it's also important to harness it right and direct it and. You know, it's a, it's a work in progress for us, to be honest with you. It's like get the right people on the team, get in the line, and then get in the play together, and then that's how it all works. You know, Phil Jackson, who I love, and sounds a good friend of mine, but in his book, uh, 11 Rings, he taught, he goes from I am great to we are great, like different levels of achievement to it's great, right? And the idea of life, it's like it's great. Like when you're in a floor state, it's great. Well, you show up, it's awesome, but it's a different level of elevation, right? And it's, it's so, it's, you know, my mom also said it's interesting, I versus we. My mom used to say there's a reason why illness starts with I and wellness starts with we. So the idea is really, you know, if you make it about, it's not about you. It's about what you're doing and it's about everyone involved and the impact you're making. And then things seem to work a lot better. And there's a currency to it. Um, so... Illness starts with I, wellness starts with we. Man, that could be the title of this podcast. There you go. That's amazing. Um, I never never heard that. I, I just bought Phil Jackson's book. Um, God, you might have recommended it to me. No, it's actually someone else that recommended it. Bryce Scala, who was in here. I don't know if you know Bryce. Uh, he was in here. He's like shocked that I hadn't read that being growing up in Illinois, being a Bulls fan. And I'm like, ah, I just blind spot that one got by me. But um, so I have it here. It's stacking it's up. It's great. Now, I think that's. You know, especially for what you're doing, it's, it's a great way of using sports and teamwork to build a championship team, which is really what you're doing for people's finances, right? You need to build a championship team, and then there's ways for the team to work better or to work and to optimize and about being in alignment and being in flow. So I think, I think one, I'm a Piston fan. And so I grew up with the bad boy Pistons. That was like my, <laughs> but I saw the Bulls a lot. And I, I love Phil Jackson. I mean, I think there's a lot to be, you know, his style of leadership is incredible. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and, and you are spot on. The work that we do um, in, in getting everywhere aligned so that every every financial decision that, that they make for it is in alignment with their most closely held values and their important goals. Um it's uh, it's the team's challenge, you know. It's a team, and that's the goal. That's why people hire us to do that part of the work that we do. And um, so much of what you said it just hits home. I mean, uh, it's not it's not like the finance side is complicated, but it's delegatable, and and it can be handled, and it, and it has to be handled, you know, a certain way and with the team and so forth. But it's so much more goes into it to even allow someone to have the the space to take a step back and then determine what's important to them and then the values upon which those are based. So to even get there, are they even in a place mentally to even think about it? So I've talked to people before, like, what are, what are some of your big goals? I don't have big goals. Well, what do you mean? I've achieved all my goals. So you have no more goals. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, I mean, no judgment, but... Okay, let's let's take a step back and let's think about that. As you look down the road, tell me something important to you, you know. And then what I found is that if people have the ability to just kind of take take a step back, get in their head 
you say, get out of here, but get in your head and think, what's important to you? Then all of a sudden, goals start opening up. So my experience is that people that have told you that they have no more goals, if they actually slow down, they actually come up with a lot of goals. Um, and then that it's about going to get those. So that, I've got the saying, you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. And, um, I, you know, just... From the, from the janitor to the guy that sold his business to the CEO of a company, there's always something out there that's important that you can always do better at. I mean, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, happiness comes from, it's not actually achieving your goals. It's it's who you have to become to get there. And I think that, you know, one of the things that, you know, this is another thing I got from Tony Robbins is like, well, you're about to sum of that out. And now you got to go figure out where you're going to go next. Because it's, it's, you always have to be something you're looking to achieve or you want to, have, and I think, you know, my mom used to say clarity is power. So, you know, I do vision boards every year. And I think that, you know, also getting it on paper, getting in front of you so you know where you're going. And then I think the whole idea, though, is like I, I feel like I'm very clear what I'm doing or where I'm going. But then now building the structure, you know, whether it's your business or your finances, so it supports and it gets in alignment to your goals. Uh, and then that gets optimized. Well, yeah, and you talked about, you know, taking a step back. Uh, you uh, you journal still five minutes? I do a digital every day, and I have for the last five years. I journal in the morning and in the evening. And I think, one, it's there's a couple, two, there's two aspects of journaling that this board. You know, one of the journaling I do is goal setting. So one, I'm always thankful and I'm grateful for. So you start, you get an attitude of gratitude, and that allows you to get more. But then, two, I have you know, figure out like what I want to have happen today and in certain, whether it's relationships or finances or being the flow. And I'd be very clear about what I want to have happen. And at the end of the day, you know, I, 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 I count my wins. Like you'll be so, you know, not only it's, it's amazing that people don't know what they want or have goals for, but it's also do most people don't realize how many wins you have during the day. So, you know, you could write hundreds of things that happen every day that like, great things where you're winning all the time. And it's like, you, the whole idea is you want to create these neural pathways to, you know, get the habit of getting what you want, right? Or help you get you conditioned to expect to have whatever you like to happen. Not only does it happen, it happens even better than you can imagine and even, even more incredible. So I think that's when the magical life starts to happen. And that's what it's supposed to be. And that's what people call flow state. You know, I've done a lot of stuff like the flow experts and, you know, but really flow state is, is when you're, 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 you're having fun. You're, you're totally tuned in. You're usually it takes a, some sort of physical effort, but you're, it, everything's working and that's how life's supposed to work. You know, like you're supposed to live in flow. It's not like this, like elusive thing that you're not supposed to access. I mean, that's the, that's the thing about it. It's like people are so, but that's, that's how we're supposed to live. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We, we can overcomplicate like the game of golf. You know, when we last played down in Mexico, you're like, just feel the shot, visualize the shot. Golf's a lot like life, right? If you like overthinking, you're totally dead. And also too, it's like, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on where you want it to go? Or are you focusing on where you want it to go? You know, I think, but you, you know, I mean, listen, we both play a lot of golf. I can tell you pretty much who a person is after two or three holes golfing with them. How they, how they do, how do you do anything? How you do everything? But golf's a being is one of those things when you you see people's personality come out. You know how they deal with adversity and good things and bad things, and how they relate to people. And it just uh, it's a it's a good way to kind of see deeper in the people. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to retread on something that you said. It's all, well, you didn't say this, but I, what I pull from it is when you're trying to achieve different goals, whether they're business or any kind of goal, you know, physical, relationship, financial, you, it's, it's, you got to slow down sometimes to speed up. And so, you know, your daily ritual of, of journaling in the morning and the evening, Gloria credits two hours of meditation a day as the number one reason for his success. But slowing the mind down, getting it into, I guess it'd be, you know, beta then theta to allow your your, your brain to think creatively. Um, and 
just propel yourself towards towards the goal that's important to you. I mean, well, a lot of things are counterintuitive, golf being one of them. But the idea of needing slow to go fast, it's like Tai Chi or any of the martial arts. And I'm a friend of mine, I was like, slow is fast. But it really is because once you can get it, then you can always turn the speed up a little bit. But I also, too, it's, it's not necessarily like, you know, people who are like us type A need to slow down. Other people need to speed up. But the idea of meditation or any of these physical activities, whether it's yoga, it's not necessarily, yes, they say slow your mind up, but it's it's more about tuning you into the pace of life, right? You can be too fast or too slow, but it's like, how can you get to the same frequency of what's happening around you, where you can be too lit? You know, I just saw Dead & Company last night in Phoenix. Well, I mean, incredible. Like they say, you know, last two are, but they're so tuned in and they're so aligned. And what they're doing is not even music anymore. It's magic. It's like so much beyond just playing the songs or the set list. There's an absolute energy of what happens from them being so tuned in. And Bob, we have been doing this now for... 35 years, right? So with, with this little effort, uh, what happens is incredible. So I just think that getting in tune, you know, and getting at the frequency of life, you know, it's like a, everything, we're all frequency. Everything's vibrating. Like attracts like. But the more you get in a frequency that's abundance, that's gratitude, that's helping people, the better your life gets. And you're attracting more of those type of people. Yeah, and, and it's it's not just um, one thing or two things, three things. It's just it's a practice. You know, you, you mentioned that earlier. This is a, a journey, and, and you you're you're it's a daily practice. And uh, I think about that a lot. Well, the other thing too is the fault mechanism is the matrix or no sure shit, right? So if you don't do anything, you default back to crap, right? And same thing with fighting. If you don't do anything, you're gonna get crap. So if the, and you're like, I had the best day yesterday, but you need to go to your practice again tomorrow. So it's like, that's what allows you to have the best day because constantly you're putting your energy field in a place for you to have the best day. If you slow up, that has such a great and you're going to take off for two months and not do shit, your life's going to change because your frequency changes. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's that green and growing for your white in your body. And, and um, it's like going to the gym, you know, go to the gym while it's left and you're good. You got to keep going back. Well, and it, look, every you either can like you know like you say it's like you're contracting or expanding, right? And then you get very and also to a lot of people who make a lot of money, you know, like then they start to contract. You know, we know a lot of people who had successes in one own, and then whether the relationship falls apart, they had health problems. They mean, but they start contracting versus they live a life of expansion, and now they're in contraction. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that you know it's like how do you have expansion in your entire life? And you, so a lot of times too, you don't just like find. You've dealt with business success, and maybe now it's time to expand other ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship-wise. And to me, life, it's, it's all about balance is over uses, not balance, but it's about having it all. So it's about having relationships. It's about having great finance and abundance. It's about having, like, amazing friends and connections and synchronicity and serendipity and being in great health. And all these things are important because if you don't have one, you don't have anything. And, I mean, the health is the most important. But, you know, it's like everything's energy. And the more energy you have, the more you can handle anything. And money is another source of energy, right? It allows you to energize or fuel what you want. But, you know, it's not the end goal. Money's the a tool to help you live your greatest life and have the best impact and share your gifts. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, um, I, I was just thinking, what was my train of thought on that? Um, well, again, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and so when I go, uh, just, I read this book, The Celestine Prophecy. You read, you read that book mm -hmm. probably more than once. It's great. It, Not in 20 years, 15 years, but it was great. Well, you know, there's certain things that, that, that get me fired up and get me down a path. And so I read it, you know, got like you, when it first came out years ago, and then maybe the follow-up book or two. But uh you know, when I went back and read it, you know, so many of these different books and, and speakers that you hear, Tony Robbins and others, a lot of it is similar information, but you hear it, you read it a second time, and maybe because where you are in life, it resonates a little bit differently. And there are things that I definitely picked up 
whether it was the second or the third time I read that book that I uh, didn't pick up the first time through. And I'm actually been going through and retrieving a number, number of other books. Um, Victor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning, right? And um, As a Man Thinketh, and just, you know, on and on. And from a growing standpoint, I've found that when you, um, like, everything you learn is built on what you previously knew. And as you get to a new level and you, and you read and listen and meet people, you grow to the next level. And by through that process of that greed and growing of expansion, you can, you learn new things that may put you onto a different pathway. And you're also thinking differently. You're not thinking any analytically, you're thinking creatively. And so that's, that's uh, I found that to be just, just helpful and interesting. It's a dynamic way of, of, of doing things. Well, I, I think too, like, you know, I'm a, I think we have a, we share a lot of reading and a lot of the same types of books of like personal growth and just connecting the dots and autobiographies. But I think, you know, a lot of, you know, like what I, what I hear and take my list, it's like most people think the same shit over and over and over again. So you think it's, it's not new thoughts. It's just recycled same shit that you've been thinking for the last 20 years. And, you give it a rut and literally put grooves in your brain. I take in a new knowledge and we do a lot of how you reset that frequency so you can actually bring in thought. And, you know, it's like I'm a big reader of books over and over again, like you and I listen. And, you know, I've had some books I've read 10 times, like The Game of Life, How to Play It. You know, it's just every time I read it, it's another thing I get. And then you, you start to master it, right? But I... It's we're different. Like I'm totally different now than I was 20 years ago, or even last year when I read it, right? And and then different things hit, and you're like, oh, that's what's going on there. So I think that you know these these things sort of like you hear the same thing, maybe said a little differently, or you have context based on other things that happen in your life that now that piece fits in. And but I think you know one of the things you see is is people, and especially our smart because they get stuck in their own thinking, and as you get older, and you get stuck. A lot of people get more stubborn or harder, and they have you, know, you have to find ways to interrupt those patterns and create new patterns for expansion. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over, it's not expansion. It starts to contract. Yeah, it, 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 true. There are um, there are things we know. There's things we don't know. There's things we know we don't know, and then there's things we don't even know we don't know. And so, for the busy, high achiever, successful entrepreneur, the guy building his business, running his business. The athlete, um, you know, you're while you're building and growing, although there's there's things you can do to think abundantly and, and be in a better spot to get where you want quicker and, and other things in life. So how can I have it all? Like so I think that to me it's like you need to it's important to be successful. It's not just about making money or having a good business. It's about having a successful and abundant life and it's about having really important relationships. I think the key is Part of alignment is one having optimal energy, and then making sure that you have the right people around you, and that. But also, also too, are you focusing on the? So where focus goes, energy flows. So are you focusing on the areas? Because a lot of times, too, we sort of focus on the area that's out of alignment. You know, we're focusing the area that's totally working great to the neglect of everything else. So the idea is, am I giving attention to all the different areas of my life so I can give myself the life that's better than I can imagine. When everything flows down together, that's how it all works, right? And it's integrated. And I think that's like, you know, having taught yoga for so long, I can look and you see people when their bodies are out of alignment, right? And they look uncomfortable and everything else. And you see people when their finances are out of alignment, or you see people when their relationships are out of alignment. And it's just a matter of time until it breaks. Yeah, no doubt about it. There was something about Helping people be in alignment, then definitely, it's like an itch that I got to scratch. And not everybody, you know, wants 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 to be in alignment, and that's just that. Just it's probably like a little bit about you know your work. Everyone wants that. Most people are willing to do the work to get there. Yeah. You know, and it feels better when you get there. You know, and I think too, there's a lot of times too is like what needs to happen for people to change, right? And usually. People kind of like, you know, they get some of their, their needs met and they get really comfortable being uncomfortable. It's like you're a, you're, think of yourself as a, a plant and you're potted in this really small pot. 
and you can't really grow, but you're, you're, that's like, you're, you're uncomfortable, but you got to actually rip it out and plant it in something where you can grow and blossom and expand. But that it takes a lot to, you know, most people have to have, you know, some sort of illness, midlife crisis has to take something that it becomes so discomfort that it forces them to change. The idea is how can you always be optimizing tuning so you don't need a fucking catastrophe or a midlife crisis or some disease or some breakdown in one of your lives to make a change? How can you kind of, you know, do some proactive maintenance? One of, one of the, the things that I appreciate about cold plunge, you mentioned cold plunge, is that getting comfortable being uncomfortable and then all the benefits that come from that. Obviously, there's a, a tremendous amount of benefits that come from the doing the cold plunge and more and more evidence crediting people like David Sinclair and Andrew Heberman who are out there educating the public and putting that information out there for all of us to, to benefit from and get better. But uh, that getting comfortable being uncomfortable and, a, and a, a, one of the coaches in my life, Bill Backrack, talked about if comfort is your goal and success is not in your future. Well, and I think too, it's like, and it's what's really comfort, right? Is It's like you comfort for a little while, like to take a rest, but it's like the idea of you know, to grow, you've got to eat stuff, right? And it's like, I don't think people really want comfort. At least I don't, I mean, yes, you'd like to have great experiences and joy and, and, but the idea is it's like life's about expansion, right? And, and growth isn't necessarily comfortable, especially being growth. You know, like one of my biggest things, you know, I just finished my book and one of the big things is the sign of the butterfly. But the butterfly is such a metamorphosis and the transformation the butterfly needs to go through, the change is so challenging, right? But you come out of it something totally different. I think, you know, a lot of like why people set big goals and goals that is it's not it's not only like, hey, I'm gonna get that goal, but it's who do I need to become in order to achieve that? And that's really what it's about. Like, you know, people there's all the talk in all the books. It's like it's it's not necessarily the the goal Getting the goal is temporary, right? But it's all the things along the path of the goal that that's your life. You know, who do you become? Who you become in the process? Who you become in the process? You know, I just graduated from YPO and one of uh, congratulations, thank you. <laughs> and one of a great uh, friend of mine who had a speech a little bit talked about like you know basically there's a poem it's called the dash, but it's like really your life is like I was born this day, the dash between I died. You know, your dash is the mark you left along your path. You know, it's like, what did you, who did you become? What did you achieve? And, you know, then how did you optimize it, right? I think that's what we're, like, you know, optimization is a big thing right now. And you're doing financial optimization. People are doing health optimization. But everyone wants to have this life that it's in alignment and that, you know, you want to make it easier on yourself. And it's not like making it easier because you still have challenges along the way. But you want to give yourself every opportunity to navigate through them successfully. Um, and I think when you're in alignment, you have all your tools working for you. And I think that's like the, the biggest key when you're a great entrepreneur or athlete or achiever. You know, you found a way to harness your resources so that we're working in alignment to you achieving your goals. Yeah, 100%. When you, uh, when you think about on your deathbed, you look through your entire life, you know, so I'm just turned 53 and let's say, hopefully I make it into my nineties or whatever with great health and feeling good up until that moment, uh, that I go and meet my maker. Um, I would think that when I, when I reflect back on my life and my body and work, it's not just going to be the successes. It's going to be who I became through all the challenges. Cause I, it's who I think of what I think about right now, a lot of, you know, the, 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 the struggle and, and the different things over time that kind of make you who you are today. And um, do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about, you know, that, that journey and, and what you would think about on your deathbed? You know, I think a lot about, um, you know, it's like in Westworld, as I wrote a book, is to share sort of like the wisdom that I've accumulated. Hopefully my kids will get it one day and also with a lot of other people. But, you know, when I, I think, you know, when, you, when I look back, when I sit here and envision myself looking back, my, a lot of it's about the experiences. You know, life's about experience. And these amazing experiences that are like magical and special. 
I mean, that's really the joy in living better than you can imagine with people you care about and love and having these things that are, you know, just beyond the, where you can, and then having that become the norm. So I think looking back on it, it's like, you know, living a magical life with great friends. Meaning. And I think, you know, a lot of it is like, like how, like, how can you impact people? How can you help them? You know, what's the impact you're going to leave? How can you help people really figure it out a little easier? And I think that's what you do with five is people. You're like, how can I help you figure it out a little easier? Like, all this, maybe you take 10% of it, that's going to help you. But if you take all of it, it can really help you. So it's like, how do you find a way to like, take take your wisdom that you put together and share with other people in a way that makes a positive influence in their lives and then that snowballs. And I think, you know, there's so many things you don't even realize that you influence people just by being the and connecting with people. Um, but I think when you get really intentional, like you and I were talking, like I'm a big believer you got to teach, you teach what you want to learn the most. Like I got great at yoga. I knew nothing about yoga, but I teaching yoga. When I was in law school, I'd find the smartest people and get, get their outline. Part of mastery is not only learning it, but teaching it. You know, I think that's really when you can really own something is not only can you do it and share it, but that you can teach others to do it and get there. And I think that's like, hopefully what we're, people can get out of this is like, maybe there's different ways that they can learn to get flow state. There's different ways that they can learn to be richer. There's different ways that they can make better investments and have their finances working for them and being in flow state. And I think that, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're able to impart some of that to people who are listening. Uh, I appreciate that very much. If there was a, there was one word as you reflect back over your life so far that really embodies, um, embodies what you've done so far to this day, what would that, what would that word be? So I don't know if it would buy, I'd say the word that I would be grateful if I think of a word that is sort of why the, the key energy behind my life uh, is, is grateful. Um, but I think, you know, sort of, I mean, I'm a manifester. I'm a connector. You know, I love to, I love to share what I love with people that I love. And I like to help people and, you know, share share light you know i feel like my rabbi has a great story about a candle and the beautiful thing about a candle is a candle the flame you light one candle and that that flame can light a thousand other candles and it doesn't diminish its own light so it's like how can you share your light and light up a thousand other things and you know another analogy i have in there it's like you know i'm always looking to see like how can i connect people or like i know what you want so i could but it's like you know, when you're connecting people, sometimes you don't only help the two people you connect, you light up the whole grid. So I have like these lights in our house all through the yard and then you hook up the last two and the, all the thousand lights hook up, right? So it's like, how do you light up the grid? And sometimes you don't know, like one of these little connections lights up not only these people, but lights up like well beyond what you can even think is possible. So I think, you know, when I look back on my life, I hope that I'd help light people up I mean, then and left a positive influence that their lights are shining brighter, having met me. That I added light to their life. Well, I mean, I've definitely felt that way from the moment that I met you, and that's a beautiful way uh, of describing it. Um, the candle uh, story is is wonderful. I've not heard that. I really like that. That's really an example of abundance. You know, thinking abundantly versus scarcity. It's not a it's not finite. You can really share your light and still have the original light candlelight uh, shines as brightly as it, it did previously. You know, it's not diminished. Well, I think too that we're talking about finances and that's, you know, I think this is one of the most important things for people to think about. I think, you know, sort of your viewpoint or thought of, you know, most people, is is it an abundant universe or is it a scarce universe? And if you believe there's abundant and there's more than enough, you're going to behave one way. And if you think that there's not enough in the only world for me to win is by taking some from you or I got to hold on to what I have. So I think the first thing is, for me, it's getting an alignment that will live in the abundant universe. And there's more than enough for everyone. And then from that mentality, anything's possible. And that in order for me to win, like I'm a big believer of like, you know, it's like there's different levels to play the game. But I think when you get up at it, it's like win, win, win. I win, you win. Everyone wins. The universe wins. People we don't even know wins. Our customers win. People who work for us wins. The mailman wins. 
So how do you create a how do you create a frequency in the energy where it's win 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 versus a lot of people think in order for me to win you got to lose or someone's got to lose. So I think that's a big thing when you start thinking about finances is like how do you how do you think about abundance and how do you think about the universe you live in and is there more than enough or is it you know you just got to hold on to your crops or whatever you have you've got to guard it and I think that you know it's like one of the biggest things of like how my life is going to be. Is everything going to be flooded and abundant? It's hard to live in a flow state if you think it's scarce. Like, uh, agree 100%. And you definitely walk your talk. And I think, of, you know, I, in our business, we, we work with less than a dozen families. And so we're really careful about who we work with. So we have a, the opportunity to choose who we invite to, to work with. But as I think about it, as, and I listen to you, what you're saying, they all have a very abundant mentality. And in particular, I'm thinking of uh, one uh, one of our one of our good clients, and he he uh, he told me he goes, it's never been about money, it's never been about money, and uh, I could care less about money. But yet he has he has a lot. And I, I'll also say we have Marv Lewis in the studio Monday, and he he said it was never about money to him, and he's you know a legend in the NFL coaching business. Um, and so you know whether it's sports or business. When I've seen some of our successful people, it's not about money. Well, it's interesting. It's a Bible verse. It's 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 for those who have every those of everything will be given. What it means is, if you have the right attitude and energy, you're going to continue to get more. If you have the wrong attitude and energy, you're going to continue to dissipate it all. Yeah. Amen. Well, we are grateful for you showing up today. And I'm grateful to call you my friend and aim with you whenever we get the opportunity. And uh, thank you for coming today. Well, I, thanks for having me. And I hope everyone gets a chance to read your book. I got so much out of it personally. And I think it's a, a great tool to combine your wealth and grow your assets and just really build a solid foundation. We're talking about the house, and that's one of the things in your book. But really building a house that will withstand sort of any type of uh, – storm yeah well thank you and, and we didn't give uh, a chance to talk uh much about your book you want to tell me do you have a title yet for the book i don't have a title yet maybe we'll do that on our next yeah but we're probably three or four months out but if you keep it you can go to spiritualgangster.com we'll have some stuff in that on you know our, our our movement our apparel different ways that you know you can find you know to be healthier happier and then um, we'd also, you know, when we launch the book, that'll you get a first chance to get that as well. We we uh, do see honor and come back and talk about the book. No, I just love to. Awesome, all right? SpiritualGangster.com. Uh, thank you, Ian. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in uh, today. If you uh, enjoyed the pod- podcast today, I'd appreciate you reviewing it and rating us on whatever uh, channel you're listening to. And with that, uh, hope you all get closer to your financial flow and make it a great day. This was the Financial Flow Podcast with me, Darren Wright. Thank you for listening. And I hope that today you were inspired and informed to move even more into your peak financial flow for success. 